So today I am going to speak from the life of one of my favorite characters in the Bible, that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And this is not a Christmas uh, sermon. It might seem like it because we're going we're gonna to read about his birth. We're going to read about, you know, the angel appearing to Mary. Uh, but every day is Christmas. That's how I grew up. Growing up, <laughs> you know, we didn't celebrate Christmas on December 25th. We were taught that every day is Christmas, every day is Easter. Every day is a day of celebration. So, um, yeah, we're going to uh, just, you know, we're going to talk about favor, basically. And I've titled, uh, the, the title that I've given for this, for today's word is Favor is for the Ordinary. And that's why I said that this message was first for me, because I, I will be sharing a little bit of my testimony also. I come from the most ordinary family. I am the most ordinary person. Um, I don't feel qualified to be standing here, but he is the one that qualifies me. He is my qualification. And so we're going to just get right into the word. I want to read from Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 from verses 26 to 38. So it's a, it's a big passage, but we're going to go through it together. Okay, let's go. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Ooh, okay. Sounds dangerous. False alarm. Okay. Um, and, he's, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who, has, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Such a beautiful passage. I know it's long, but it's, it's one that brings me to tears every time I read it. You know, it's so profound. Um, so just like a quick background for those of you who are here in church for the first time. So Mary is the mother of Jesus, the son of God. And Mary... You know, the, the, the angel Gabriel, there was an angel of God named Gabriel. There is an angel. He appears to Mary and he says, 
you are going to give birth to a son and he will be called all these things that we read holy emmanuel god with us he's going to be the king of kings he will reign he come from the throne of david and all these things he says to you know mary but mary says but how is this possible i'm only engaged to joseph i'm not married to him i'm a virgin can you have a baby with, when you're a virgin you can't it's it's physically impossible right and so mary is like wondering what sort of greeting is this what is what's happening and so that's just a background of what's happening and and when the angel <coughs> sorry when the angel appears to her to tell her that as a virgin she's going to give birth to the son of god her her cousin elizabeth is also pregnant and i was just doing like a uh, a quick study to see how old was elizabeth when she was pregnant she was 88 years old approximately around that that age again you know it's it's impossible it's impossible i don't know if there is anyone in our time and day who's had a baby at 88 or 90 but um you know this is these are the two things that gabriel comes to tell her so before this happened there were 400 years of silence not sure if you know this but there were 400 years of silence where god wasn't speaking like he used to speak in the old testament he used to come you know he used to speak through his people he used to speak directly to people and the the prophets and the prophets would take the word and you know tell the tell the people what god was saying but then there was a period of complete silence where god wasn't saying anything and the the israelites were wondering where is god what's happening and then suddenly out of nowhere he appears to this ordinary teenage girl mary and he says you're going to have a baby you know physically impossible but you're going to have a baby and also your cousin elizabeth is going to have a baby so after 400 years of silence the first thing that god says is a st- are two stories of favor and impossibility right and i find that so crazy that <laughs> of all the things he could have said he speaks a story of impossibility and favor so that's what we're going to talk about today um the israelites always thought that you know their messiah or their, the savior of the world was going to come as a warrior king he's going to wage war he's going to fight against the nations and israel is going to rule through through war through warfare but you know later we read in the book of luke that jesus was born in a very lowly you know he had he was of low estate like he had he was born in a manger if you've seen the story of christmas you see there's a baby in a in in something made out of hay it's nothing nothing great very ordinary right they didn't have a place to give birth so they go to a shed to a to uh, they they looked everywhere and they finally found a place where animals are kept and that's where he was born so the israelites are waiting on god hoping that this warrior king will come but here comes a servant king you know he comes to the very ordinary in the and in, in in the most ordinary circumstances um he he was born in a town called nazareth which is again nothing to boast about if you know we read in the book of john where philip goes to nathanael two two disciples of jesus and he says you know come come and see the the one that we have been waiting for this messiah the savior is here and he is jesus of nazareth and nathanael says nazareth can anything good come out of nazareth cuz nazareth was always known as 
Yeah, there's nothing, no, nothing special about it. But he comes as the king of the world in this place. He was born in this place called Nazareth. So I just want to say sometimes, you know, you might feel like there's nothing special about you. God does not need to choose me because I have no, no talent, no gift that stands out. I'm, you know, like Alvin said, I'm not good looking. I'm not, I'm not qualified. You know, why would God choose me? If God could choose Mary, a teenage girl who was so ordinary from the, the most ordinary town called Nazareth, he can choose you. Amen? Amen. Okay, uh, I, I want to draw your attention to something that, that caught my attention, which is Luke 1, verse 28 and 29. The angel Gabriel says, And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly, she is Mary, she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Have any of you seen angels? Not yet, okay. <laughs> if, even if you have, I don't know what your reaction is, but here's this teenage girl standing there with this angel in front of her and she's trying to discern what sort of greeting is this. You know, if I was in her place, I would probably run away. It would freak me out. Like if, even in the Old Testament, we see so many instances where people would just fall face down. They would tremble in fear. But this girl, she's standing there and she's trying to discern. She's trying to like make sense of what's happening. And she's saying, what sort of greeting might this be? You know, to me, this, this suggests that she was familiar with the voice of God. I don't know if she was familiar with angelic activity or visitation, but she definitely was familiar. And, and she, she, she probably got, she's probably heard such greetings before, but this was a little different. And so she was trying to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And it says, oh, favored one. You know, why is Mary called favored? Because the Lord is with her. Okay. We read in Genesis 39 verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. He was prosperous. So favor is basically when God is with you, you are favored. And, and we have better news. God is not just with us. He is in us. He lives in us. So each of you sitting here, you're, you're favored. You don't need Gabriel to come and tell you that. Believe today that you are favored, that you are chosen. Amen. Um, yeah. So, again, why, would, why did God choose Mary is what I'm coming to. Like, you know, why, why, what was so special about her? Was there something that, you know, God saw in her that set her apart from all the other women that could have, you know, given birth to Jesus? The answer is, he chose her because she was ordinary. She was special, but she was ordinary, right? Um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and in fact, every time I get a Bible, the first verse that I highlight is from 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26. For consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standard, standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. 
God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. So, you know, this, this is my testimony. I'm just going to quickly share a bit of my story with you. I was born in Kuwait, okay, and again, nothing special about Kuwait. Uh, it, I, I went to a very, very normal school, you know, had a very, very normal childhood, nothing special. Uh, and then I moved to India, moved to Bangalore. And when I was in Bangalore, I, I just felt like, I, you know, I started to have all these insecurities, like I'm not good enough. I was never the topper in school. I was never good at anything. I could sing a little bit, but that was it. That was all that I could boast about. But even then, it's, ne it's not like I always, you know, I never got a trophy for singing. I was not the best singer. So there was really nothing for me to say I had. I had nothing to boast about. And so when I moved to Bangalore, I, I just had like a lot of insecurity build up. Felt like I was not enough. Felt like I was never going to be that person that everybody looks up to. And, you know, I don't want to go into the whole story because it'll take a while, but um, I consider it God's favor and God's grace that I met my husband and I moved to Delhi. And I felt even more insignificant when I came to Delhi. I saw everyone around me and I was like, what am I doing here? Did I marry the wrong person? Or did, the like, did he marry the wrong person, you know? Because I, I just didn't feel at home. I felt like everyone was a class, um, um, you know, they were just a, a different breed altogether. That's how I felt. I felt so strange to be here because I felt everybody was just intellectually at another level and spiritually at another level. And I'm here, I have nothing to contribute. I just felt so ashamed all the time. Every time we were in a group, I would feel like, I'm in the wrong circle, you know? But because I was married to Sam, I just went with it. I went where he went, I ministered where he ministered, I prayed for the people that he prayed for, never really fully believing that I was enough. And then in 2018, I had an encounter where I met God, when I say met God, I, I knew God as my father for the first time. You know, I've called him father all my life, but for the first time, I knew him as my father. I experienced the love of a father, and that was enough. That was enough for me. That is where my life turned around. That is when I started to see myself as, okay, I'm worth something, you know? Like, I, I did not wait on validation from somebody else to feel special because I was the daughter of the father, the, the king of kings. What more did I need? What more did I, like, what more qualification did I need to feel special and wanted and enough? He was my qualification. And so that is my testimony. For me to be standing here and speaking today is a testimony. It's a dream that I've had, but I've never had the courage. Some of you will know, like I've always had a dream to speak, but I've never done it in my life. In school, my teachers would put my name for these things. I wouldn't show up to school that day because I can't speak, you know? But here I am today, not to boast, but just to say that his favor, his grace is what brought me here. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. So uh, that is my story. I, when I was in college in Bangalore, I was considered one of the, like, the least qualified. I, I, I uh, studied uh, social work. I'm a social worker by profession. That's not what I'm doing now. But in my class, my teachers would look at me, and I'm not making this up. They would look at me, call me out, 
and say stuff in front of the class to put me down. I was not favored by my teachers. There were teachers that would just look at my face and say, you don't belong here. You know, but I kept at it, you know, cried a lot, <laughs> had friends that picked me up and I made it somehow through college. Let me tell you now, all the classmates who were above me are now coming to me asking me if I can give them a job. Because he's qualified me to put me in that place. Nothing to boast about, he is my qualification. And so I want to get back into the story of Mary and why, why God chose her. So my first point is that God chooses the ordinary. Okay, I think I've already established that, but there was nothing for Mary to boast about, nothing. She, she didn't come from a great lineage, not a great family or anything. There's nothing really written about her in the, in the Bible, nothing about her, her past. But she found favor in the sight of God. That's, what, that's the only thing that the word mentions. She found favor in the sight of God and she surrendered and submitted to his will. You know, when, when the angel came and told her this, this really crazy idea, <laughs> you know, that she was going to give birth to the Son of God as a virgin, yes, she asked, how is that possible? But she concludes that, that conversation ends with her saying, let it be to me according to your word. Okay, and so it just shows her willingness to take up that assignment. God, if you want to birth your son in me, I'm willing. Let it be to me according to your word. So she was willing to carry out that divine assignment. God in flesh. She was willing to birth that out. And so God chooses the ordinary. So if you feel ordinary, you're lucky he's chosen you. <laughs> and the second thing that I want to, want to mention is God seeks our availability over our ab ability. You might not have a lot of abilities today, but if you are available, if you are saying yes to him, that's all he cares about. He, like, you know, we just heard from Pastor Sam, he even spoke, the, the Bible has a story where he spoke through a donkey. A donkey spoke words. If he could use an animal that is often considered silly and stupid, you know, how much more can he do with his creation that is in his image? So say, I mean, he, sorry, he cares about your yes. So if you will say yes to him today, you're chosen, his favor is on you. He will give you that divine assignment. Sometimes, you know, the assignments that God brings into our life won't make sense, just like Mary's assignment. There are times when God tells you to do things that are absolutely, that sound like nonsense to us, that sounds like no sense, right? But if his favor is on us, that plan can prosper. And so today, something that I, I just feel like we should ask the Lord for is that his purpose will be greater than our, our plans. The Bible says that his ways are higher, his plans are greater. And so the more we stick to our plans, the more we hold on to our plans, we're not making room for his plans, to, his purpose to come into fruition, right? So just ask the Lord, even as we're hearing the word, to just, God, just prepare my heart for your purpose over my plans. Let his purpose come to pass. David, there was a shepherd boy in the, in the Bible named David. We all know the story of David. David, at a very young age, was chosen to be king, the king of Israel. And he had several brothers, but none of them were qualified. But there was this one little shepherd boy who was, his, his only job was to tend his father's sheep. He had no kingly qualities, nothing to qualify, my, qualify him as king, but he was available. 
you know, when, when they were looking for someone to fight the giant, fight Goliath, there was this shepherd boy who was willing to, to transport food to his brothers who were at war. And so because of his availability, God used that and he set him apart to be the king. But did he become king immediately? No, there was that waiting period. He got the promise, he got the promise that he would become king, but there was a long waiting period. When nothing was happening, he was just tending the sheep. But while he was tending the sheep, there were lions, there were bears that came at him to destroy the sheep, to kill the sheep, and he fought them. The Bible says that he killed them, he tore them apart. So this was God preparing him for something greater. So he started at the level of a bear and a lion, which, are, which is not, not small in itself. That itself is a huge thing. And then he goes to fight Goliath, this, this huge man in front of him, this huge creature. And what does he use to destroy him? He uses a slingshot, you know, there's nothing, five stones and a slingshot. He had nothing else, but it was God preparing him for that moment. So um, I remember when I, the, when I joined this, this job that I'm at, um, there was someone in my, in my team who asked me how I feel about this role because this, it's not something that I studied. I was completely new to it. And so he asked me how I feel about it all. And I told him, you know, honestly, I feel like any day I can be kicked out of this role because I'm not, I'm not uh, qualified for this. I have no experience working in communications, which is what I'm doing. And this man, he said something to me which really like, really stayed with me. And that's why David is also one of my fa favorite characters. He said that, you know, he said, he basically just told me the story and he said, God gave him an assignment. Even though he called him to be king, he did give him an assignment and that was to be that shepherd. And until he became the king, David faithfully, you know, uh, faithfully did his assignment. He kept serving however God wanted him to serve. He sang songs to Saul. You know, he drove out demons through his music. So whatever assignment was given to him, he just said yes. He said yes to God's plans. He was available to do whatever God wanted him to do. And that is what, you know, he, he, the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. What a privilege to, to have that title, to be a man after God's own heart. And so that is, that is something that happens when you say yes to God and you're just available. God, use me as you want. Take me where you want. Let, let your plans and your purpose be greater than mine. That is, that is my prayer today. And the third point that I have is that God looks for the simple-hearted. You know, we come to him with um, all our facts, with all our knowledge. We tell him, God, this is how I want you to move. You know, I, I have a plan in my mind. It makes total sense to me. So just follow my plan. But then he comes for the simple-hearted and the childlike. The Bible says, you know, Jesus himself, as he was sharing stories and mysteries from the word, his own disciples would sometimes ask, but what does that mean? They were the ones that watched Jesus minister and do all the things that he did. Day in and day out, he was, they were with the master. But even they sometimes were baffled. They were like, how is that possible? How do you do this? You know? And then Jesus makes a prayer. He says, Father, thank you that you have um, hidden these things from the wise and have revealed it to the childlike. It's one of my favorite passages, you know, how, how he reveals his plan and his purpose to those who will say, Lord, I, I'm simple hearted. I'm willing to, to do whatever it is that you're calling me to. Amen. 
Sometimes saying yes to God makes us look a little silly. And I have a few examples from the, from the Bible that I want to read for you. Noah. Noah built an ark, which again, he, it's the first time someone's building an ark. I don't think he knew what an ark was. He was building an ark for something he had no clue about. I don't think they've, I mean, the Bible doesn't mention a flood before the story of Noah. So he didn't know what a flood was, but God told him, build an ark, and he did it. Moses, he only had a stick in front of him, you know, with him in front of the Red Sea. When there was Pharaoh and a whole army coming after them, what did he have? He had a stick with him. Silly. Sarah, she was barren. She was barren and she was given a promise that she would have a child. She, has a, she, she, she was given this promise when she was 90. Or she was given a promise before that, but she had the son at 90. The Israelites, they marched around the walls of Jericho. What did they have? They had a chauffeur, a, a, like a trumpet, you know, that's all they had with them. The, it looked silly to march around the Jericho walls. David, he went, to, he went at Goliath with just five stones and a slingshot. Esther, she went to the king when she was not called or summoned for. Caleb, at the age of 85, he says, give me this mountain, let me conquer it. Mary, she's a pregnant virgin. The wise men, they followed a star to see a baby in a manger. Peter steps out of his boat. The woman with the issue of blood, she pushed through the crowd. When there was no answer, she pushed through the crowd and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Paul and Silas, they start worshipping and praising God in the prison. The boy with the five loaves and two fish, he brings his lunch to Jesus. Jesus, the king of the world, he's hung on a cross, he's mocked, scorned, ridiculed, beaten. Doesn't make sense. But you know, there is good news. Because Noah's story doesn't, doesn't end there. He saves his entire family because he answered the call. Moses, he used that same stick to part the Red Sea. Sarah, she birthed Isaac. The Israelites marched around the walls and the walls fell. David defeated Goliath. Esther stopped a Jewish genocide. Caleb, he got Hebron. Mary gave birth to Jesus, the Messiah. The wise men found God. Peter walked with Jesus on the water. The woman with the issue of blood was healed. Paul and Silas, their chains were broken and they brought revival. The boy with the five loaves and two fish, his lunch fed 5,000 plus people. Jesus, the king of the world, he rose from the dead. He defeated hell and death and he holds the keys and his spirit lives in us. So our story sometimes, you know, the assignment that God gives us might look silly. But if you can say yes to him, I promise you it does not end with that. There is a greater purpose for what he's calling you to do. You know, sometimes saying, God, saying yes to God does not make sense until it does. You know, there will come a point where everything will make make sense and you look back and say, oh, this is exactly why this, this, this happened. And I thank you, God, that you didn't go according to my plans, but you had your way with me. And I'm so happy that I, I have submitted myself to your purpose. Mary, you know, even she asks um, Gabriel, like, how can this be? She was asking him a question. And she was probably expecting Gabriel to give her uh, you know, a biology lesson. But instead he says, the spirit will come and overshadow you. And then he says, nothing is impossible with God. 
she was probably expecting a different explanation, but the explanation she got was exactly what she needed. Because that's when she responds, let it be to me according to your word. She probably wouldn't have said yes if Gabriel had given her that biology lesson. It would have sounded crazy to her, but she says yes because nothing is impossible with God. Amen. God's favor for us is not for service, but sorry, is for service, but not for our status. We often think, you know, um, many times I have said this, and and most of the girls will attest to this. You know, sometimes I, I, I tell, I, I either tell Sam or I tell my friends like, oh, today I experienced so much favor. My boss said this, this, this. Oh, there's so much favor. God's favor is on my life. But you know, favor goes way beyond these, these little things that we think are big things. Service, I'm sorry, favor is never for our status. It's never for us to say, I am the favored one of God. Mary didn't go around saying, I am favored, I'm favored. But she, she answered that call and it was for his service. So when he picks us, he picks us to just, to, to go, it's much more than the little things that we see. Yes, that is the favor of God. Those are, you know, moments of God's favor, but there is so much more to the favor of God than just trying to get ahead of someone. Uh, when the favor of God comes into your life, it will mess your plans. So be ready. If your plans are not going according to your plans, uh, that basically means the favor of God is on you. So if, if you're not getting that job that you're praying for, if you're not getting that husband or wife that you're hoping for, you know, <laughs> if you're not getting into that college that you want to, I don't know what, what you've been asking God for. If your finances are not coming the way you're expecting it to, let me tell you that is the favor of God. Because if, if it could all go according to your plan, then there was no need for God. Because nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible with man, but nothing is impossible with God. Um, <clears throat> When Mary got this promise to birth Jesus, there's no place in the Bible where we read that she went around announcing it. The only person that she goes to meet is Elizabeth, who's six months pregnant. You know, she goes to somebody who's also carrying that, that promise. She had no one. She had no one to talk to. In fact, when she told the man that she was engaged to, he was coming up with a plan in his mind. How do I divorce her? How do I keep her away? Because this is a story of shame. But then, you know, he has a dream where God speaks to him and says that this is, this is God's promise, God, God's plan for their life. And so sometimes when God's favor is on you, it might look lonely. It might look like you have nobody to share this with because no one will understand. Let me tell you that, you know, this, this season of waiting, the season where you have nobody, it might seem like you have no one to share this with, it is so precious. Because it is precious because God is on your team and God knows exactly what you're going through and he, it is so beautiful. You know, there are, uh, there are a few people who are, uh, well right now there's I think one who is pregnant in our church and you know, there are times I'm sure where the mother and the baby are alone. That's like the incubating period, you know, where she's, she's alone with her baby and no one's around. And those moments are, are so precious. You know, I, I, I don't know that yet, but I'm sure it's, there are those moments where it's so special, where it's just your promise and you, where it's just God and you. And so maybe you're in that 
season of waiting, that incubating period where you're not really seeing it come to life, but just trust me that God has given you a plan and a purpose and, and, and a promise that is only for you to cherish. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to take much time, but I'm just going to end here with saying the one thing that stops us from fully operating in the favor of God is fear. You know, sometimes um, when God gives us and gives us an assignment, um, I'm just going to use this as an example. Maybe God has chosen you uh, to be an evangelist, to go out and share the love of God. There's so many fears that we could that could come into our mind. You know, fear of rejection, walking up to someone to say that God loves you, and they reject you, and they say, "I don't, I don't want it. Like, I don't need God's love. I have everything." You know, the fear of being misunderstood. Maybe people don't accept what you're saying. Maybe people will, you know, throw you out of the, the gang that you're in because you just don't make sense to them anymore. There's a fear of being misunderstood. There's a fear, fear of losing relationships and friendships. Fear can cripple us. You know, fear can destroy the favor of God that is on our life. It doesn't destroy the favor, but it destroys the joy of it, right? The joy of our salvation. And so the good news is that it doesn't, end, it doesn't have to end with fear. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has given us the spirit of power, love, and of sound mind. And so we don't have to fear when the favor of God is on us. Don't be crippled by fear. Nothing is impossible with God. Don't run away from darkness. Run into it because he has saved you not for you to be limited to just where you are. He's called you to run into the darkness because you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. He's called you to be a dangerous weapon to the kingdom of darkness. Do you know that the devil, when he looks at you, when he thinks of you, he's actually trembling with fear. Not the good kind of trembling, <laughs> the, the rejoicing that we've been hearing about. But he actually trembles with fear because he knows you can do something for the kingdom. He knows that you have the power. You have the spirit of love, power, and sound mind. And there's nothing he can do that can stop you. So stand firm. Be bold. Go, go full on for what God is calling you to do today. You know, I heard this saying, do it afraid until you're not afraid anymore. So if God is calling you to, to share the love of Jesus with someone, I know it's scary. I, trust me, I... I I freak out every time I have that nudge of the Holy Spirit to go out and share. But do it afraid until you're not afraid anymore. There will come a time, I promise you, where you will not be afraid to do that, that very thing He's calling you to do. Mary, you know, I'm sure she was afraid. I'm sure she was scared to do this. But she said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, let me do it. And you know, after she gets this promise, this very scary promise, this very scary assignment. She does not go into a room and hide. Instead, she sings. If you read the rest of Luke, she sings a song of praise. It's called the Magnificat. She sings a song of praise, of rejoicing. She says, my soul rejoices in God, my Savior. And so let fear not stop you today. Sing, rejoice, rejoice in God. Because when God calls you, He he is not calling you to a life of fear. That is the last thing He wants you to live in. He's calling you to a life of freedom, absolute freedom. And, and we can often make excuses. You know, you can say, God, I'm, I, I'm not a speaker. Why are you calling me to do this? But God, I'm not, I'm not qualified for this job. Why are you sending me there? But God, I'm, I'm just a woman. 
there are so many capable men in the world but god i am so young but god i i don't come from a good family background but god i don't have resources that's just our pride speaking let me tell you that's not where god wants you to end leave your pride at the door leave those those excuses that sound like humility at the door he is not call, calling you today to live a life of fear or live a life of but god excuses he's calling you to a life of confidence of boldness of sound mind of power it wouldn't be possible to the, to do the things that we do if it weren't for god if it wasn't for god 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 specializes in miracles he specializes in the impossibility so today if you feel like the situation you're in it seems like an impossible situation that's amazing because that's why you need god and so can we just stand as as we surrender our hearts to god and just just pray just ask god to to move in your heart to open your heart to open your heart to the ways of god so that he can do his thing he can do the impossible if you're waiting on god for healing surrender that he is the god of impossible he is the god of miracles let us healing power come on you if you are waiting for a better job or a promotion or or looking for a better opportunity let me tell you that his favor is on you it might not work according to your time it might not work according to your plan and that is okay because his ways are higher his plans for you are better he has something much bigger than just the here and now that you see if god is calling you to into a relationship that seems daunting that seems scary know that he is on your side that his favor is not just on you but his his favor is on your partner as well his favor is in your marriage if god is calling you to step out of your boat and do something that is radical go in confidence because he is with you and you are not alone do not be afraid for with god nothing is impossible father we just surrender we just surrender our plans and we ask you lord to come disrupt interrupt our plans with your purpose lord open our eyes to see the bigger picture to zoom out of the things that we're so comfortable in lord and help us to see the kingdom purpose that you're calling us to help us to see help us to know that father it's not just about not just about getting ahead of others that's not what you've called us to but father you've called us to establish your kingdom here on earth father for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven so father we say yes to your plans we say yes to your favor we say yes to you to come and interrupt our plans lord we want to be ready for when you call us when you give us a promise when you give us an assignment lord we don't want to do it without you father 
we want to do it knowing fully knowing that you are with us that you have qualified us that you are our qualification that you make us worthy thank you jesus
what you do. Set our hearts, set our hearts on you. Come and do what you do. This is, this is more. 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 This is. just want to give you the opportunity to to surrender your lives to to Jesus if you're here for the first time if you're hearing about Jesus for the first time i just want to give you this opportunity to to receive him into your heart it's simple he's here he loves you you're accepted he died on the cross for your sins and today there's nothing that is standing between you and his love He just wants to embrace you. He just wants to love on you and remind you that you are precious to him, that you are enough, that you're loved beyond measure, and that he is on your side. And for the rest of your life, for the rest of eternity, all he wants to do is draw you closer to him and reveal his love to you and he is he's more than willing, more than our hearts are willing, he's willing to do that for us. And so if you're here hearing this good news for the first time that there is a God that is seeking after you that is chasing after you I just want you to to give you this opportunity to to come to 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 accept that invitation you know we can go to a party and we can see the table spread out we can go to that feast and see all the dishes prepared for us but it's useless if we don't eat of it And so today he's not just prepared a feast for you he's inviting you to come and eat of it. And so if you would like to accept that invitation accept the love that he is extending to you can I just ask if you can raise your hands and and we'll just pray for you. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Father. Thank you Jesus. Jesus, we just thank you that your heart is tender for us. Your heart your heart longs for us, Lord. Thank you Jesus that you have not rejected us, but you have accepted us as your own beloved children. That you don't you don't leave the one that is missing. but you leave everything behind to come looking for that one sheep that is missing. Thank you Jesus that you are the good shepherd that leads us the good shepherd that chases after us that will never stop pursuing. Thank you that you are relentless in your pursuit. Father, I just thank you for all the hands that are raised here, all the people that are committing their life to you, Lord. I know Father that This is a big step for them to take. This is a big step of faith. And so Father, I just ask that you will honor their heart, you will honor their decision to follow you. 
Lord, I pray, Lord, that they will have encounters when they are alone with you, God. That they'll have mysteries to, to unveil with you, Jesus, in the secret place, in this precious place with you, Jesus. I pray that you will give them experiences like never before, Lord. That they will wake up in the middle of the night not knowing what came over them. That they will be filled with hope, filled with joy, filled with encouragement, Lord. From this day forward, Lord, I just speak against every voice of rejection, of accusation, of saying that they're not good enough to leave in Jesus' name. I pray that the spirit of love, power and sound mind, the spirit of favor, the spirit of wisdom of God, oh, the spirit of mercy, of love, of patience to come and flood their hearts, Lord. Let them never go back to their old selves, to their, their past life, Lord, to their, to their stories of, of doubt, of discouragement, of not feeling good enough, Lord. But Father, let them find contentment in you. Let them find their joy in you, Lord. I submit myself, I submit everyone here into your hands. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your precious presence that is here. We thank you, Jesus. We say yes to you. We say yes to your ways, your plans. Thank you for your love. We love you too, Jesus. Amen. Amen.